from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. I'm playing the air drums. And this is the best beer show on the internet. That's your. That's what our mom said. Uh, yeah. I mean, Rick used to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. According to our mothers, according but yeah, our mothers. According to our mothers. Awesome. All right, man. Before we get too deep here, I should probably do the ad reads at the top that we always do. Uh, so I'd like to give a shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the furl link at the bottom of the homepage and join today. Also, I want to give a shout out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patron, Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy and our other patrons, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. And if you have, uh, if you're into any Amazon, Amazon, bleh, bleh, wow. <laughs> oh, I need a nap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to uh, blindestudios.com. Click on the Amazon link on the member homepage. Your Amazon shopping as normal. We get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. It really helps us out. Now, Brian, I'm going to take a quick little nap while you talk about what you've been up to in beer lately. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I want to take a nap too. We were just at Main Streeters and ate some food and drank some beer, and we now we know we shouldn't do that before. Yep, we've on we've Sunday, learned something about ourselves. It's Sunday afternoon in our world, and we were both a little hungover this morning because yeah, that's how because it, goes. it was Saturday. Yeah, because it was Saturday. Uh, but yeah, beer wise, uh, yeah, I got a chance to go to the Rush River uh, Oktoberfest uh, fest uh, yesterday. And enjoyed beers from several different breweries. So they had, <clears throat> excuse me, they had a uh, they had a, like a wet hop um, minion uh, as one of their IPAs. So they had a wet hop version of that. And then I tried Pitchfork's uh, Oktoberfest, which I liked. And then um, <laughs> somebody bought me a beer, and it ended up being a hop and barrel uh, Oktoberfest. And I'm like, I've already had this. And you got mad about it. <laughs> Don't buy me my own Why? beer. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I drank it. I like it. I liked it. It was good. And so, yeah, it was a, a fun time. I haven't been to uh, Rush River in a hot minute. And uh, I, I really love and respect uh, that brewery. And I've been a fan since, I don't know, 2006, I think, found me drinking Bubble Jack at, uh, yeah, what was that? Uh, it was like a pub in South Minneapolis that had games. I can't remember. Uptown? No, no, that's an up uptown. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I didn't realize all the locations had the rhyme. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm glad they don't. So, other than that, uh, at the brewery, we've got a milkshake uh, kettle sour. Draw, double dry hopped IPA uh, that we are releasing uh, that it's tasting really good. It'll come awesome. Out, yeah, it'll come out in cans and kegs. It actually came out in kegs on Friday. Uh, it'll come out in kegs, or sorry, cans on Monday. Ooh. And then uh, for some odd reason, old Chicago and Duluth wants two kegs of pumpkin spiced beer. So, you know, we're going to make that. For them, that should be interesting. So you're making we, a pumpkin spice beer? 
Uh, yeah, it'll be. We'll we'll put additives into the keg. Oh, you're not gonna do a batch. No, of I beer. would not do a batch of that that big. I I don't doubt that it would sell, but I think it would sell during a short window. But uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll just we can you can pretty much I don't know. You basically you put on a Sankey keg coupler, off gas it, then open it, and then just literally put the extract straight into the down the spike into the keg, and. Uh, you literally put anything you want in there. So we did a s'mores. <clears throat> so we have lactose pandas or milk stout. So we did a s'mores version of that. And then we, we'll do raspberry. Uh, we had a, um, what was it? The, that episode, was it episode three? The one where Ethan was learning that he needed to open the, the glycol jacket <laughs> on the fermenter. And, and one of our employees was like, why does it smell like bananas in the back of the brewery? And I'm like, well, that's an uncontrolled an untemperature controlled fermentation, fermentation going on and I need to get there immediately. <laughs> we need to fix this problem. Well, I mean, you know, it's like it's the the only yeast strain that you're like, oh, it's not a big deal if it free rises or if it does what it yeah. wants to. So it was just super banana heavy. So then we threw a bunch of chocolate in there, chocolate extract. And they had like a chocolate banana bread type of beer that we did for the Milwaukee Burger Company in uh can't remember if it was Hudson or if it was actually I don't think they were in Hudson yet. I don't think they were either. Maybe that was Madison or Milwaukee that they were actually at or Eau Claire. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. I don't my life revolves around beer, so I, there's always something interesting right. and I hope I have something for the next episode. Awesome. But yeah, what about you, man? Um yeah, so the wedding happened. That was oh. a thing. Oh. Yep. So we did that finally. I uh, got rid of yeah. So brought the uh, brought the peanut butter porter, which was a big hit. We are drinking that. We are drinking some right now. Um, very peanut buttery. Uh, I use peanut butter extract because I'm a lazy motherfucker. Yeah, well, what the PB two didn't. The PB two was really like I enough. couldn't get the right peanut butter character, and the extract just it does better. This is really good though. This is very good peanut butter quality, and it's it's the, not overwhelming. It doesn't taste fake either. So, I mean, there are some you really need to be careful when you're adding extra. Oh, so the stupid thing, like on the on the vial, it says, uh, like it's a four ounce vial, and it mm-hmm. says four ounces for five gallons. Don't f- ever, no, do not no. Ever. Okay, so I'm just gonna throw this out there. If you do mess around with extracts, um, do it to taste. It is a lot more tedious to do it to taste because, you know, off gassing and opening and mm-hmm. oxygen and blah, blah. But you, if you get those extracts, they're they're not the recommendations, not for beer, like nine times out of ten. I mean, even if it's from Better Brewer. Well, right. And, <laughs> which is bizarre to me. But, you know, Amoretti is the company that we use a lot of stuff from. And then there's other companies that we get puree from. Um, there's plenty of companies that make extracts, but yeah, it, if you're playing around with extract, I would I do it to taste. Don't like grab a pint, do the math, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. So I didn't do that. I, uh, I just halved it <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. So I was flying by the seat of my pants, mm-hmm. but I had already done it once before with the extract and right. halved it and it was the right amount. So. Figured I could always add more in if I needed to, mm-hmm. but this is the right amount of peanut butter for this. It's good. I'm yeah, it is. It's very good. Um, yeah, so did that. Uh, the wedding was fantastic. Drank a lot of beer. Um, yeah, you guys did. He's telling. He's telling. How many? How many kegs? 
Uh, Kegs, plural? Five? Yeah, and we're talking, like, if you're... If 120 you're, people? If you're one of our overseas listener, like Bjorn Bjornson, if you're listening, my man, uh, 15 and a half gallons is one keg, one half barrel. Yeah. And you guys did five. Yeah. Oh, so. plus, plus another five gallons. Right, plus another, another five <laughs> gallons of your peanut butter. So, <laughs> plus like six cases of wine. Do the math. Oh my God, Jesus! And a cocktail hour, and no one died. Yeah, it was actually just a really chill party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, Wisconsin weddings. I tell you. Well, what. it's you're not wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> I grew up in Minnesota, and you always hear. You know, oh my God, drinking in Wisconsin, and now I have a brewery in Wisconsin, and now I know. Now I live in Wisconsin. I'm a Wisconsin resident now, man. So yep. Yeah. So you're one of us. Yeah. Yeah. What was I? I don't know what I was doing the other day, but someone was like, "Brian, you've been in Wisconsin too long." <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> like my Minnesota is wearing off. Like we're like what fifth? Fifth? The brewery is like. 30 minutes. 30 seconds from Minnesota. From, from Minnesota, yeah. But where we're recording in the in the lovely pala- palatial Blind Ninja Studios in lovely R- River Falls, Wisconsin, next to the cornfield, uh, is about 15 minutes from yeah. uh, Minnesota. So Far enough to make a difference. It makes a big difference. You would be surprised. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Other than that, not a ton. Um, just kind of been recovering. I took... I uh, well no so I went also went to uh, to Swinging Bridge for their for their last night uh, R.I.P. Uh, and had some yeah. of their beer and it sucks man you don't ever I mean they were you know more or less I guess sort of competition in a sense but you don't you don't ever wish uh, for, well it's because you know everybody and like you're friends with them yeah you don't ever wish for anyone to shut down no matter what it's mm-hmm. you know it sucks I'd try to make sure we all kind of fucking stick together yep. you know but yeah so I think Mike is back at Pitchfork now. Mm-hmm. Officially, officially, yes. Shout out to Mike O'Hara. Now there's three mics again. (laughs) Justin said that the other day. (laughs) God damn it. Well, whatever. I worked at a brewery with four Bryans, so that's why I was Sky Bry at you know. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of Bryans. Too many Bryans. That's too many Bryans. You need to start killing the other Bryans. There was there was DB, who was drunk Brian. There were, and that was not me. <laughs> Thank it. God, you're like, Believe yes, I, I escaped that one. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah. All right. Well, should we uh, should we actually talk about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, because I don't think we have any beer or anything to try. Um, don't. Yeah. So uh, we had a listener um, uh, throw us uh, throw us an idea, and he wanted us to kind of talk about kegging. Who was a listener again? I um, I'd have to I, look. I, I read it, but. Um, yeah, uh, let me grab it here. It was um, Skip Oliver, I believe. Ah, sent this one in again. Mr. Skip Oliver. Yep. Very good. Very good, man. Yeah, we really like it when people send in show ideas. Um, yeah, and so uh, he just he was looking at getting into kegging mm-hmm. and wanted us to do an episode on kegging. And it had been a long time, I think, since we have. Yeah. So I, it seemed like a good time to revisit. So well, the, it's kind of breaking up our yeast. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to break that up because it's a lot of train. dense information. Yeah, it is. So if we can do something fun in between, we might as well. All right. So kegging. 
And it's just another form of packaging, basically, is at least at the homebrew level, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about the commercial and how it's different. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're we're looking at five gallon soda kegs. It's usually looking looking at uh, ball ball or pinlock, mm-hmm. mostly ball lock now. I think pinlocks are pretty much phased out, aren't they? Uh, you know, uh, it's funny you should say that because year, years ago I know that. Uh, wait, you were saying ball lock. Ball, uh, no, pin locks are kind of pin lock. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I was doing that thing again where I was reading something for the next thing I was going yep. to say and not listening to you. I get that. Yep. <laughs> I don't listen when you talk. We do that all the time. Yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> in any case, there was, there was this point in time in you know I've 2011. Let's just say that you know it was like. Uh, well, this is well before that even where, you know, soda used to come in these in the corny, cor- kegs. corny kegs. And now, you know, they have those like bags, bags of extract yep. that do, you know, whatever they figured it out cheaper. Uh, but they were disappearing at an alarming rate. They were getting swooped up by home brewers and, you know, probably even breweries too, or wineries also uh, will push uh, wine out of uh, those corny kegs. And so I remember at some point, uh, Midwest homebrew supply had uh, like three pallets of them or something like three triple stack pallets of them. And that was like, that was it. And then they, they started making them or someone started manufacturing them again for homebrewing specifically. Uh, they are the best for, um, you know, keg and homebrew. It's got a, it, you know, it's got a big opening entrance and, you know, I have skinny eighth grade boy arms, so I can actually get your entire. I arm can actually in there. get my entire arm in it. Believe that or not, <clears throat> and I get cannot. all the way down to the bottom. No, I can get about to here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are because I have man arms. You have more robust arms. Than <laughs> <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> this tattoo, this tattoo. If you're watching on the live feed, this tattoo did not cost very much money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it actually did cost a lot of money. Anyway, but it would have cost more had you had normal size. Yeah, arms. if I had big beefy fucking arms, like, or if I was like beefy, like our favorite Oaf Gordon, like, yeah, I don't know. Sure Maybe you could get like a fucking mural on your arm then. Yeah, yeah. It would take two people to do it. So anyway, long story short, yeah, they have started, you know, ma- manufacturing these kegs again, and yep. these are the best. Uh, if you're getting into kegging, this is this is the way to go. Yeah. Um. So kegging versus bottling. Uh, I recommend you keg as soon as possible, uh, which is should be after the first time you bottle. Um. Everybody should. Everybody <laughs> should bottle once. Oh my God! It's just so tedious. To, just to know what you're missing out on. We were talking about it off the air, and my and if you have kids and you homebrew and they're old enough, uh, one can sanitize the bottle and hand it to you while you fill it, and then the other kid can cap it. So that's what my, that's what my buddy used to do. <laughs> I, I have definitely had a five year old help me bottle beer before. So you know, if you've got kids and you homebrew, yep. chop chop. Um, yeah. So instead of cleaning, you know, forty eight or fifty individual vessels, you only have to clean one, mm-hmm. which is huge. Uh, you do lose uh, transportation, like that tra- that factor there. Like it's harder to share your beer with people outside yeah. of your home. Um, well, you can always get a beer gun and fasten it to the, the keg and yeah. put some in a bottle as needed. Cause, yeah. You know, when a point goes to kegs uh, for, you know, or I'm sorry, a point goes to bottles because if you are trying to, like, throw down at a competition, 
um, you know, you can't send them a corny keg. So yeah, I mean, I, you could, I guess. <laughs> no, the shipping would be insane. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna get it back. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, and then I guess another point here is that, like, from a clarity standpoint too, because yep. you know, you're always gonna have like you got a prime. I mean, we'll get into it, but you got a prime, and you know, work with clarity issues on yep. that. Yeah. Um, you can, you can prime your keg just like you would your bottles. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Um, and we'll, we'll get into forced carbonation kind of at the end. We'll yeah. touch on that, but that's, that's one of the biggest things with kegging is you can keg and be drinking that beer that day. Right. Which is really nice. Yeah. Your, your bottle priming takes, takes time, takes some time. But yeah. And you know, but then again, from a, like a complexity standpoint, you know, with, you've got, like any true sour that's not a kettle sour, um, you know, if you're doing bo- bottle bleh, barrel aging, um, you know, bottles get a point there for, you know, complexity because you you can prime them with different things or you could yeah. you could even like prime it with like, you know, some sugar, throw, throw a little bit of Brett in there to get a little bit more fizz. Um, you could do the same thing with a keg, though, couldn't you? You, you could, but... Uh, you're you know you're working with like pressure ratings too um it might burst the um, it'd be it have PRV to PRV on the keg it'd have to be really over overly pressured to do that because yeah. i mean they're rated to soda levels the the cornies are anyway mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty high yeah that's super Two, high four. but yeah still same thing yeah. but i mm, there if you want to you know if if you want to do bottles, I mean, there's a lot of time involved in that. But with the kegs, there's a lot more complexity because you're you're in a, you know you're talking about dealing with gas cylinders, tubing, faucets, clamps, O-rings, wrenches, lubricant. Uh, oh yeah, you know we're looking at a lot of stuff. Blobity, so blobity. that kind that kind of brings us in. What so we've decided that we want a keg because we never want to bottle another stupid beer again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do we need to keg? Obviously, you need a keg. All of those things I just said. Yes, but you need <laughs> rewind the podcast. <laughs> so no, so you need you need you need um, you need a wrench that fits the posts. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have this really cool socket wrench that works. Like it's ratchety. Yeah, like ratchety yeah. Things. I have one of those too. Um, and then you need something to keep your kegs cold. Uh, so you need a kegerator, mm-hmm. or I guess a big bucket of ice or something. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> like, don't laugh at me. We need more ice. <laughs> We've all done it. Yeah, well, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, so you need something to keep them cold. You need something to serve it, uh, whether that's a picnic tap. Like if you're if you're going like super low budget, you could throw a temperature controller on an old freezer, put the kegs in there with a picnic tap on it, mm-hmm. Very and you'd be fine. Um, you need uh, you need a CO2 uh, tank and regulator. So you can continue to push the beer. They do make those little hand shot things where. Oh yeah. You can basically just put it on the post. Yeah, put it on the post. I don't know how long those last or how much gas is in them, but yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, what, what do you use? Use like a five? I have a five pound tank, and it cost me, I don't know, like twelve or twenty bucks or something to refill. Mm-hmm. What was the initial investment on it, though? Um, it was, I think, so I bought it, I got, I got the tank, the regulator, um, and two taps with shanks 
for like 150 bucks, I think. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those, like, I bought the, the dual, a dual tap from Midwest Supplies back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Northern Brewer has very similar setups that you can still get. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you're, I'm, I'm going to look, but, uh, so what else do we need? I'm going to look up. So, tubing, too, because you need you know, red tubing is what we use for, to indicate CO2, and blue tubing is what we use to indicate nitrogen tubing. Uh, in the industry. Uh, but uh, yeah, like Casey was saying, uh, gas cylinder tubing, uh, faucets, uh, and then the shank piece that goes in, you know, that's the straight part that goes into it. Uh, so then, you know, those uh, clamps to tighten the, the tubing down, <clears throat> O-ring, which is like a, a, you know, a circular gasket that goes at the top of the uh um, the mouth of the the corny keg, and then O rings that go on the posts. We're you know connecting the actual uh, couplers, uh, and then you know a good a good wrench, uh, a good ratchety wrench. Uh, o ring lubricant. Uh, if you've got a kind of a troublesome gasket, uh, the O ring. Good lord, pardon me. Uh, the O ring. <laughs> Uh, the keg lube. Yeah, keg lube, baby. Yeah, that'll help uh, with sealing. Um, and then, I mean, there are there are so many different awesome gizmos and gadgets. And I mean, this is this is kind of like when I started homebrewing in, in, in 05, in 2005, you made everything by hand. Now they have sweet gadgets. Um, and I think, you know, I've said this before, but like, I think that's kind of what got me into homebrewing was like actually like making stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very D D it used to be very DIY and it still is to a certain extent. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I mean, the internet is why, you know, wide, vast, you can find all sorts of, it's how you you get uh, men on Pinterest. (laughs) 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 You're not wrong. (laughs) I just found out my girlfriend is like one of those people on Pinterest that they're like an influencer kind of almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. She has 9 billion. I don't know, whatever she's, I don't know. She's a big deal on Pinterest, you know, kind of a big deal. She's got those internet points. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that means. All right. So, um, I looked it up a reconditioned, uh, dual, uh, keg system. So this comes with two kegs two like re, uh, and a five pound CO2 tank. Um, is two hundred and seventy five bucks. Okay, which does and it's a it's a dual um, dual psi regulator, so mm-hmm. you can set the the psi differently for each beer, which is nice. I do not have that because I bought my stuff when I was poor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's not it it is an initial investment. Like that's almost three hundred bucks. It's a lot, but. You don't have to ever buy bottles again. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, you, the, you know, the argument being, yeah, you can reuse the bottles, but you can also reuse the keg too. Yeah. So I would also, you know, if you are kegging, let's let's take a second to remember that we got to clean our beer lines. Yep. Every two weeks, uh, at eleven days, uh, stuff starts to grow in the lines. So that's why we, you know, the best. The easiest way to do it is just do just do it every two weeks. I mean, you know, if you want to do it every eleven days, that's fine. But at <clears throat> at eleven days, stuff starts to grow. Yep. Um, um, so the kegging process, uh, I'll, I guess I'll go through mine and then 
Brian can tell me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So um, everything. Oh go. No. <laughs> all right. So the first thing I do is I make sure like my kegs are clean. So using. Um, you know, like uh, PBW and Star Sand, like mm. like like what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm. Clean then sanitize. Clean and sanitize. Yeah. So I get that. Um, and then I um, fill the kegs with CO two, flush them, mm-hmm. so you get a good CO two blanket in there before you start transferring, because that minimizes your risk of oxygen, because CO two is nice and heavy. It'll push all the O two out. Oxygen's the enemy. It is, and we do a lot to combat it. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, so you know how you have your bottling wand and you're going through individually with everyone. Nope, you just open the faucet and then you walk away. I mean, you shouldn't walk <laughs> away, but. <laughs> for too long. Like. Uh, you can walk away as long as you know what volume you have. You can walk away for quite a while. How many sips of beer? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Three. Oh. One. Two. Two. Three. <laughs> That's stupid owl. Yep. Anyway, so um, yeah, and then you just uh, then what I do is I'll I'll cap it, uh, put put the put the lid back on, um, and then give it an overcharge at like thirty psi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm going to force carb, which I am pretty much one hundred percent force carbing now, mm-hmm. um, I will I will set it on one of my lines. Um, and turn the gas off to the other to the to the serving lines, and then just let it sit at thirty mm-hmm. ish. Like there's charts and stuff that you can look at, yeah. but you know, it, <clears throat> keep in mind, you know, there's no, there's not really like a a blow off situation here. Um, but you know, sometimes forced carbon can scrub volatiles or uh, like what I mean by volatiles is like the hop aroma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, if you're blowing it off at all, you might be releasing, releasing some of that delicious. Of that, yeah, delicious aroma. Aroma. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kegging in a nutshell. It's pretty simple, mm-hmm. like the process of itself. Uh, common mistakes when kegging, not cleaning uh, your your keg well enough. That's the biggest one. Um, there's not a lot of nooks and crannies inside of a keg. Well, it's that's, but, that's why you got that wrench is to pull the posts off because there's like a you know spring in the gasket yep that's and that's the biggest one that people miss is they Mm -hmm. don't pull the posts off every time and give them a good scrub we i don't know if we're set up to have this discussion but (laughs) dry dry hopping in a keg we can talk about it yeah yeah uh careful with that because the pressure from Adding those hops in, it'll react and they'll just... Nu- nucleation points. Yeah, big time. Um, there's actually some really fun videos going around uh, the brewing Reddit right now mm-hmm. and stuff where people have, you know, done dry hopping in, like, the bright tank. And... And that shit explodes. And everywhere. then it's just a... What, what, what were they calling it? A beer waterfall. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Just completely uncontrollable. But... And then, like, just trying to put the lid back on makes it worse. Yeah, well, put the lid. There was one where it was like, you know, like a tri-clamp valve or like a hole. And they were trying to, like, push it back, put something on. And I'm like, put the, I'm like, take the valve, open it, put the thing on, then put the tri-clamp on, then close the valve. So, I don't know. It's just. Well, you know, when you're in a panic. Yeah, and I have been. I have <laughs> been left at the brewery 
uh, not very experienced. Uh, the tank is leaking, and I don't know why, because the gasket didn't seat correctly. The opening of the steel was warped. I have no idea. And it was leaking, and I fixed it by jamming uh, silverware. <laughs> in no, I'm not. I'm not even fucking kidding you, man. Like I jammed silverware into the into the gaskets to like press it against it because I'm like, what can I sanitize quickly? And jam this thing shut <clears throat> or put more pressure on the gasket going in so that it wouldn't leak. And ended up going into the break room at the brewery and getting a bunch of fucking silverware, sanitizing it and jamming it in, in the cracks. And it, and People come fine. in the next day and be like, what the hell did Brian do? Well, and uh, whatever he had to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that like that's the biggest one with kegging. Um, the other one is over carbing like if you're force carbing uh it's it's easy to over carbonate your beer um you guys have heard me talk about it multiple times you seem to always have a story about carbonation fucking up carbonation <laughs> well it's it's uh it's my gift it's my gift um yeah so don't do that like so honestly just ask yourself what would casey do and do the opposite yep you're probably safe um. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other like big common mistakes. I don't think so. I, you know, I, I will also note that you know when you do fill that uh, CO2 tank, you'll force carb. Uh, the five five pound tank will last quite a while. Yes, unless yeah, you have a leak. Unless you have a leak, because <laughs> you're you're dispensing. I don't know what do you what is your dispense like psi like three five. three to five yeah yeah. So you're really I mean you know you're you're not dispensing a, a ton of CO2, so that five-pound tank will last quite a while. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, oh, don't overfill the keg. Mm -hmm. That is another That is another no-no, yeah. because you will get gas, or you will get beer into your gas lines. Yeah. A little bit of headspace is okay, too, because if you... If you... You were talking about force carbing. Yep. So if you put it on... Would you say 30 PSI is what you're Yeah, doing? something like that, yeah. And give, you can shake, shake it. Shake it. Yeah. And then another... So that's how forest carbonating works. Like you put 30 yep. PSI on and then you shake it from time to time and then the beer will take up that CO2, CO2 more readily. Uh, another point to remember is that uh, beer will freeze at, you know, below 32, obviously below, uh, below freezing it would be zero C. Yep. Uh, but at zero C or 32 Fahrenheit, uh, the colder the beer is, the more readily it'll take up the CO2. The, the, yeah, the beer will take up the CO2. So if you've ever been at a keg party and the beer was foamy, that's because it was warm. Yep. The beer, when it warms up, the CO2 wants to jump out of the solution. They want to jump out of the beer. I don't know why. It's just... Science. You know, science. Science! Science and cheat. Uh, so, yeah, those are two things. And then... Carb that shit as cold as you can. Yep. Um, yeah. And so forest carbonation, we just kind of like there's charts out there to like um, basically you're looking at temperature and then PSI and then how long you want it to take. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's about it. I don't really have anything else to say about kegging. Right. I feel like we yeah. covered it pretty well, right? It's yeah. A 20 minute discussion on kegs. Bah, yeah. Bottling is fine. Bottling's fine, but stupid. Tedious and <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so says Casey. 
Yeah, and so says everybody else who's ever bottled. Mm-hmm. It's I honestly don't know anybody who actually likes bottling. If you yeah, out there, listener, geez. enjoy bottling, please uh, let me know so I can t- call you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Should we get out of here? Yeah. Yo. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. And if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios or follow us on Twitter at blindnerdscoreninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.